Good morning, everyone. I'm Pastor Allen. It's great to see everyone. Happy New Year, a new year, a new decade. Hopefully you're excited. We're excited about what God has done past year in our church and can't wait to see what He's going to do this year and, and your life and my life. Uh, starting off the new year with a new series, we're going to talk about a topic, in this case for four weeks, called Destinations, and today's topic is called the Path Principle. Now, if you're not a Jesus follower, we're especially happy that you're here. This will apply to you, even if you're not a Jesus follower. This is a principle principle. <laughs> it applies to everybody, uh, whether you're a Jesus follower or not. As a Jesus follower, I think it works better. I definitely believe it works better. Um, so we're glad you're here. Now, I want to start off with a kind of a brief survey, kind of a fun thing. Uh, but you need to be honest with me. How many of you are terrible with directions? Raise your hand. All right, put them up high. There they are. All right, my wife... She was back there. She must have just left. My wife would have her hand up. I don't. Okay. All right. She would have her hand, her hand, uh, hand up. Um, in fact, somebody suggested that's always a good idea. If you're dating somebody and you're both terrible at directions, you're a bad match. All right. Make that the determining factor when you pick a spouse. Uh, God often puts this one with the other. Like I'm good with directions, my wife's not. Now GPS thing kind of changes everything. Makes it a little bit, a little bit easier. But I had to confess to my wife that when we first got married, I, I didn't have the right attitude about her. Uh, she would get lost, and I would get, I would think, are you so stupid you can't find your way around? Uh, are you just not paying attention? Uh, whatever it is. But no, she's just wired different than me, so I apologized to her for that. The other thing about directions is uh, when you get lost, you don't know you got lost immediately when you get lost. Eventually, you figure it out, Right? It might be 10 minutes later, a half hour later, whatever. Isn't it funny that you just can't say, oh, I just got lost. Um, I would back up, uh, I'm not lost anymore. But it doesn't work that way, does it? It doesn't work that way in directions, and it's not going to work the, with the principle we're going to talk about today. Uh, but the reality is, you end up with every direction you're going, right? Uh, give you a little illustration of my wife a couple weeks ago. I was in the doctor's office. She was with me. And so we're in this office, in a bigger office, and uh, down this hallway. So she's in front of me coming. The doctor had already left. So we're coming out the doorway. The front door to leave is here, the reception desk. Guess which way my wife went? She went that way. It's almost comical sometimes. I can almost say, whatever way she's going, the right way is the other way. You know, it's just, it just is. Uh, so we're going to talk about a principle. It, it, it applies to everyone. Direction determines destination. Scott and Angie, I'm going to use you an illustration. You drive up and down 95. I can't imagine in your big truck. Anyway, um, you basically go south. You go to south of the border, you go to Florida. So I'm going to use them, pick on them. So if they get on 95 going north, are they ever going to get to the south of the border or Florida? Yeah, yeah, my wife said. She even knows that, <laughs> all right? That, that's just, just common knowledge, right? I like to run. I like to run on the Appalachian Trail. It's less than a mile from my house. I go up to the woods. I get the Appalachian Trail. I make a decision to go north or south. Now, if I want to head to uh, Black Rock, which is probably six miles from my house, I travel north. 
So I get to the Appalachian Trail. If I start ha heading south, am I ever going to get to Black Rock? We all know this. No, I'm, it's never going to happen because direction determines destination. So we understand that in driving. We understand that in hiking or running. The problem is, the reason we're going to talk about this, is there seems to be a disconnect between this principle and other areas of our lives uh, where we want to end up and the path we choose, whether it's financially, relationally, health-wise, profession-wise, whatever area it might be. For some reason, there's a disconnect between the path principle and there's those aspects of our lives. And we've all seen people, we say, crash and burn, either in a relationship or financially or health-wise. And we want to say to them, what did you expect? You've been going down that path for years. You've been abusing your health, you're abusing your finances, abusing your relationship. What did you expect? And what makes it worse, sometimes these folks, if they're Jesus followers, get angry with God. God, why did you put me in this mess? And I can think God said, what did you expect? You abuse the principle of direction determines destination. Now, we're going to look at a story that illustrates this from the Old Testament, from, from Proverbs. We believe that Solomon wrote this, wisest man that ever lived. Now, let me warn you, I don't know if we've got any kids in here. We do have a little kid in here. It's kind of an adult story, so you might have to do some explaining, okay? Um, uh, I'm reading Bible, though. It's not, uh, you know, I'm not going to add to it other than what the Bible says. Um, and when we look at this story, we're all going to, the, the narrator is going to say, I saw this coming. And even you and I, we went not very far into the story, we're going to say, I know what's going to happen. We're going to see it coming. So here we're going to pick it up in Proverbs 7, verse 6. While I was, on, <laughs> while I was at the window of my house looking through the curtain, I saw some naive young men, and one in particular, so he's going to zero in on one of these guys, who lack common sense. Some translations say judgment. Now, if you've got teenagers, if you've got young adults, uh, kids like I do, um, you can't get too angry with them because they lack judgment, because judgment comes through time and experience, right? But if you're young, you need to listen to your parents because what? They have judgment. They have experience. I know it's ag aggravating sometimes, uh, but they're, they're smarter. Somebody said when I was a teenager, I thought my parents were the stupidest people in the world. And then when I was 30, I realized they were a lot smarter than me. Well, don't, you know, don't wait till you're 30 to figure that one out. Um, so the story goes on. He, this one particular man, was crossing the street near the house of an immoral woman, second, next character in the story, strolling down the path by her house. There's other paths, not by her house, but he's headed down the path by her house. It was twilight in the evening, deep darkness fell, and most of us do the stuff we shouldn't do when it's dark, right? So people can't see us. So that's the direction he's going. Now, I don't even have to read any more of the story. You know where it's headed, right? Everybody knows what's going to happen. So I, I picture this. We can visualize it. In our world, we watch movies and television and so forth. The difference between visualizing it and TV is there's always a soundtrack, isn't there? There's always music behind it. So the, it pans on this guy walking down the street, and I can imagine the soundtrack as he's walking. 
Lacks judgment, right? <laughs> Common sense. But he's going to have fun. Whatever else is going to happen, he's going to have fun. The wiser, older gentleman that's watching all this, we pan to him and the music dramatically changes to this. Okay, so we got the scene, we got it pictured, we understand the emotions involved, and let's continue with the story. The woman approached him, seductively dressed and sly of hearts. We all know what type of person we're talking about, right? Brash, rebellious type, never content to stay at home. She's often in the streets and markets, soliciting in every corner. She's not a prostitute. She's a married, married woman, all right? Joy goes on. She threw her arms around him and kissed him, and with a brazen look, she said, I've just made my peace offering, I'm going to fill my vows. Now, this doesn't make a lot of sense to us today, a little context here. Uh, in, the, in, the, in the Jewish faith, um, when you sin, we all sin, we all mess up during the week, and so they had a system to empty the bucket, the sin bucket, right? So whatever you've done during the week, Go In their case, they're probably on the Sabbath, which would have been Saturday. They would go to the temple, and they would offer an offering, and they make some vows, and that's the way they emptied their sin bucket. Then they could go and fill it up the next week, right? Well, that's a system back then. We have our system today. I don't know if we have any Catholics here this morning. You have a very structured system for this. You go to the priest. You empty your bucket. You tell him what you've done. He gives you some... Hail Mary's or Lord's Prayer to, to say, and you empty your bucket, right? And then you can fill it up again next week. Uh, for, for Protestants, we have our own kind of simpler system, uh, kind of naive system. There's a verse in the Bible, 1 John. John was one of the disciples. Uh, 1 9, most of us know this verse. It says, If you confess your sins, he, God, is faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Empty your bucket, right? And so we can do what we want during the week, and you don't have to wait till Sunday. It could be any day of the week. Say, oh, it's about time. I need to empty my bucket. So I pray to God, oh, I'm sorry I did this, God. Thank you. Forgive me. And uh, we have this false notion that God forgets it. <laughs> now, let's not be so dumb. Do we have a God that forget anything? No, He doesn't forget anything. Now, He acts as if we didn't do it. That's called grace. That's called forgiveness. But He never forgets anything. So we have our system. They have their system. We empty our buckets so we can fill it up again. So she, her bucket's empty at this point, and she's ready to fill it back up, right? So the story goes on. I love this next verse. You're the one I was looking for. I came out to find you, and here you are. Now, what is he thinking? I'm pretty special. She's picked me out of all the guys in town. She's even been looking for me. And the story goes on. Story goes on. <laughs> My bed is spread with beautiful blankets. Again, we just visualize all this. Colored sheets of Egyptian linen. I guess the best ones you could find. 
Perfume my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. We can even smell what's going on, right? Come, let us drink our fill of love until morning. Married woman, guy off the street, right? Got, got the picture. Let's enjoy each other's caresses. For my husband is not home. He's away on a long trip, a wallet full of money with him. He won't re- return until later this month. What's the guy thinking? I don't have to leave in a couple hours. I don't have to worry about being caught. I can spend the night, maybe even have breakfast together, right? So she seduced him with her pretty speech, ticed him with her flattery. All good, right? We're going to be wild. I'm going to have a great time. So the writer gives us his evaluation of this situation. He says it this way. In fact, he repeats it three times to make sure (laughs) the listener, and you and I in this case, understand. He followed her at once. He knew that was coming. Like an ox to the slaughter. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm just going to have some fun. Uh, We don't have many oxen. We kill cows to have beef to eat, right? And the cow doesn't see it coming. This guy didn't see it coming. If you don't like that illustration, let's try a different one. A stag, like a stag in a trap, awaiting the arrow that would pierce its heart. This is even worse, right? The cow didn't see it coming. The ox didn't see it coming. The deer sees it coming. I, I kind of thought it about like being before a firing squad. <laughs> that, that time lag between when you know it's going to happen and when it happens, it's got to be excruciating, right? And then he was like a bird flying in a snare, little knowing it was going to cost him his life. He thinks, I'm just having fun. Not really. You're headed down a path, it's going to cost you your life. Let's summarize it this way. We win or lose by the path we choose. Right? We win or lose by the path we choose. He chose a path that he's going to lose. He doesn't think he's going to lose, but he's going to lose. The same thing happens with you and I. So then the author gives us some advice. He says, so, listen to me, my sons, and pay attention. Uh, You heard the story. Don't let it go in one ear and out the other. Think about what I just said. Don't let your hearts, we're going to talk about hearts in a second, stray away toward her. It becomes emotional. Don't wander down the wayward path. Now, we don't usually just say, oh, I'm going to destroy myself. We start down a path, and for some reason we think, well, I'm going to be different. (laughs) You know, uh, wishful thinking. It's going to turn out different for me. I can try and break the principle of the path, but you can't break the principle. The principle breaks breaks you. Before he concludes this way, for she has been the ruin of how many? Not this guy, not just a couple guys, but all the guys that follow this path. Many men have been her victims. Her house is the road to the grave, highway to the grave, path to the grave. Her bedroom is a den of death. Now, he thinks he's unique, right? But it's not unique, it's predictable. We all knew what was going to happen, didn't we? You don't have to be the smartest person in the world to know he was headed for trouble. And people say sometimes, oh, you're being so judgmental. I'm not being judgmental. (laughs) I'm just making an observation. When you do this, this happens. 
No judgment involved, just, just observation. And maybe you've been, went to see a counselor, and you're telling the counselor your story, and we all have stories, we all messed up. And the, and the counselor's kind of giving you kind of feedback, and you're sitting there thinking, boy, this counselor's really smart. Got really got some insight. And the counselor's thinking, yeah, I've heard this a dozen times. We all think our situation's unique, but it's not unique. Doesn't mean it's not as, as serious, but you and I aren't unique. Now, quick question. This guy, or any of us, may have good intentions. Does good intention, I get on 95 headed north with good intentions. Does that make any difference? You have an expression about good intentions, right? The road to where? Hell is paid with good intentions. So on your outline, the path trumps the intention. Doesn't matter how good your intention is, doesn't matter how much you pray about it, <laughs> if you're headed in this direction toward destruction, you're going to be destroyed. Now the frustrating thing for, for me personally and for people I, I see and people I know is there's this, seems to be again, this disconnect with this principle and all these other areas of life. So I'm just going to give you a list of them. I'm just going to read them. They're not on your outline. And these are things I've heard or, or seen or, or read. I want God to bless me financially, so I'm not going to give him anything. I'm just going to pray and hope he gives me. I'm going to break the spiritual principles of finance and expect him to, to bless me. Disconnect. I want to meet a great Christian guy or gal who really has got his act together, so I'm going to go out with anyone who asks me if he or she's cute. Now, when our kids were dating, and they'd come home and tell us how cute this gal or this guy is, and how funny or smart he is, what was the question my wife and I would always ask first? Tell us about the relationship with Jesus. All right. I know you're concerned about personality and looks, and that makes sense, but first and foremost, Tell me about the relationship with Jesus, if you're serious about this becoming lifelong, right? I want our family to be a unit, everybody on the same page, looking forward to vacation together, so I'm going to work all the time. And so vacation comes, and I'm sitting there, and I'm with my kids, and I haven't spent any time with my kids, so it's kind of like this disconnect, uh, what do we do? Right? What do we talk about? Because I haven't put any time with my kids. I don't want to live with financial pressure, so I'm just going to live beyond my means. Well, wait a minute. You might not be having financial pressure now, but you're certainly head for more financial pressure later if that's the path you choose. I want my kids to respect me, so I'm going to fool around on their mom. And then I get divorced, and they never come around to see me. And I'm wondering, why? Disconnect. I want to grow old and invest in my grandchildren, spend time with the grandkids. Uh, you know, I've been busy working, but now I've got time. So I'm going to collect my health. How many people don't see their grandkids even grow up? Disconnect. I want my children to be brought up with the same Christian values I had, so I'm going to skip church on Sundays. Well, we'll go once in a while. Disconnect. Stepping on a little some toes this morning. That's a good thing sometimes, right? 
Oh, I want to lose weight, so supersize that. Now we're getting absurd, right? But that's what we do, this disconnect. I want to have a great relationship with my husband. <clears throat> great relationship with my husband, so I'm going to make the children a priority over him. And the husband and wife drift apart. I want to support some charities. I see the styring kids in Africa pictures. So I'm going to spend all the money on myself. Go buy, buy, buy myself a new wardrobe. Disconnect. And here's the last one. I want to know God, so I'm not going to read my Bible. Why would I do that? Because <laughs> that's the best way to get to know God. Disconnect. Now, so why? Why is there so much disconnect? Uh, the reason we're attracted to the wrong path, one reason anyway, is because there's something or someone on that path that has a strong emotional appeal to us. Whether it's spending money we don't have, or eating stuff we shouldn't eat, or being in a relationship we shouldn't be with that person. It's emotional. That makes it difficult. Now, part of the issue is this. We get fixated on the now, on the immediate, and we don't think about the ultimate. We don't think about the future. Um, that's a problem. Hopefully, you have someone in your life, we're going to call them an accountability partner, somebody in your life that you've given permission to tell you when you're off track, when you're on the wrong path, and you won't get mad at them and disassociate with them or whatever. For those of us that are married, it's often our spouse, and sometimes it goes, ugh, when your spouse tells you, right, uh, this is something you need to work on, and you think, ugh. But see, we can't see ourselves as other people see us. So you need to have that person. But once you have that person and they come and talk to you, here's the, here's the real issue. What is your, your response going to be? When someone who cares for us says, I think you're moving in a, in a dangerous direction. How do you respond? You push back, but no, that's not a problem. Or, okay, you're right. Something I need to work on. Maybe even ask, help, help me how, 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 to, to do better here or to work on this. Now, it's been kind of a little negative up to this point, so let's flip it on to the positive side. This principle, the path principle, direction determines destination. It works for you as well as against you. And some of us took a financial class like 30 years ago, and we were operating by those financial principles, and we have financial freedom now. didn't take you guys that long. Um, so it works for you. If you get down the right path, you get to a good destination. Some of us have been, I've been married 43 years, right? <laughs> 43 years. All right? And my wife and I have been working on a relationship, working on a relationship, working on a relationship, and it's better than ever. You know, it wasn't that good at one time, but it works for you. Um, I started running when I was 30. This, this, this study came out that our bodies need aerobic exercise. 30 years old. Always been thin, always pretty healthy. I said, okay, if this is needed for health, then I'm going to do it. So I've been running since I was 30 because I understand this principle. I've always eaten healthy. I've just changed my diet, some of you know, a few years ago to even make it better, I think is better, because health, what is more valuable than your health? Yet so many of us just neglect and abuse our health, basically diet and exercise. You can talk about lots of things, diet and exercise. You do those two things. And 
Praise God, I got some blood work done because I was ill like some of you know. Hadn't got it done for like 10 years. My blood work is perfect. No issues with anything. Is that accident? I don't think so. In fact, my sister who's here is a year younger. She's got health issues. We got the same genetics. Now, some of it you can't help. You know, we get diseases and stuff, and we're all going to die of something. I'm not talking what I'm talking about. We can certainly do a better job in all these areas, especially relationships. Where relationships are so critical. So, the issue isn't where you are, okay? You are where you are. The issue is where are you headed financially, relationally, health-wise, professionally, etc. Because again, we win or lose by the path we choose. Can you go, you know, when you drive the wrong way on the highway, you can turn around and go back. I can't undo do whatever I've done with my finances. I can't undo what I've done to my health. I can't undo what I've done to my relationships. I can work on them. These folks, these are the precious things in life we're talking about. These aren't side issues. So, here's your assignment, and it's obvious, I think. <laughs> what path are you on? He said, listen, pay attention. Just take some time and say, okay, what, what path am I on financially? If it's not a good one, come this afternoon, take the class. <laughs> if it's not health-wise, find somebody. I mean, most of the stuff you can find online. The question isn't what to do, it's having what? the courage or the strength to do it. So where is it taking you? Is it taking you where you want to go, I guess? It, now we have a kind of a, a kind of, we have a religious word <laughs> for this decision. When you turn around, we call it repent. So obviously it's huge with God. When we sin or separate from God, we need to repent of our sin and confess that and accept Him into our life. We, repent of the, of the way you're spending money. Repent of the way you're abusing your health. Repent of the way you're treating the people in your life. Turn it around. And that would be the prayer. Pray for the courage, first the insight, then the courage and the strength to do it. All right, we just started out. We've got three more weeks on this su subject, but this is huge. If you make New Year's resolutions, you usually don't keep them the path principle is one of the reasons we don't keep them. If you can get this principle down, you'll be much more successful in getting where you and I want to go. So let me pray with you. Tracy will come. We'll have a final song and let you go. <clears throat> Hope you can join us in the next three weeks. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father God, thank you. We thank you for principles like gravity. <laughs> uh, we'd fly off the earth without gravity. We thank you for this principle. This is not rocket science. If we're headed in the right direction, if we're doing the right things, good things will happen most of the time. And when we're not, not so good things are going to happen. And again, these are the, the precious parts of life. And God, I don't know why, we just sometimes, I guess, just wishful thinking, it all turn out, and we, we abuse principles that we shouldn't. So we ask you to forgive us, we ask for insight, we ask for courage and strength to make those decisions. And if, you do, if we don't have, we pray for an accountability partner. Somebody we say, hey, I give you permission to tell me when you see me getting off track. 
And if anyone here is not a Jesus follower, God, we pray that today they would understand that that's, that's a huge wrong direction. You're headed south when you should be headed north. You need to be in relationship with your God. And Jesus died for them. There's a free gift, forgiveness, eternal life, God's presence in your life here. But there's a cost. You have to give up your self-will. You have to say, okay, I'm not, I can't live my life the way I want to now. I've got to live my life the way God wants to. But that's a better life. That's the better choice. Your life will be much better. So, God, we pray for those folks. Pray for all these folks that you will do uh, 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 a, a positive change in us. We pray that every day, changing together. Pray every Sunday. Uh, change us. That's our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.